the conquered. We're not going under. We are going over. Hallelujah. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. He always causes us to triumph. That's why we can shout. That's why we can sing. I sing because I'm happy. I praise him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We praise you in this place. (laughs) And we're thankful for what you've done. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says that praise steals the enemy. He thinks he's all that, but he ain't all that. And when he throws his best shot and you just laugh in his face, you lift up your hands and say, well, praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. You just praise the Lord, not for it, but in spite of it. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Oh. That's the way to walk in victory. That's the way to live the life of the overcomer is to believe what the word of God says and to act like the Bible is true. The Bible is so. The Bible is our final authority. Hallelujah. So I don't care what the devil may have said to you this week. Hallelujah. We get the last word and the word is we win. We win. We win. Hallelujah. We win. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm telling you, you all came expecting tonight, didn't you? Well, amen. We will never be disappointed because Jesus is in our midst. His presence is here. Glory to God. And we're going to preach the word and the word of God never returns void. So why don't you shout or just go ahead and take your seat. Now somebody. (laughs) Y'all remind me now at the end of the service, we're going to receive the offering. So don't lose your shout. Amen. We'll do it at the end. I think we're going to get right into the word. Maybe you received that email this week that said, uh, tonight we are going to preach on don't lose your shout. And I don't think any of you have lost it. Seems like you found it. Hallelujah. If you lost it this week, you found it here tonight. And that's awesome. Amen. Let's just think about it for a minute. Why do people shout in the natural? Well, sometimes people shout Because they're angry. Well, we're not going to do that. Sometimes people shout at a sporting event or they shout to get someone's attention. They they might be at at an event where their team is playing and they shout because their team is winning. Guess what? We're on the winning team. That's why we're shouting in here tonight. We're not going to lose. We're going to win. God created us in his likeness and in his image. And we are winners in him. 
Now, in the natural, I don't have any awesome athletic stories to tell you because I'm not athletic like my husband. He'll tell you about this championship they won and that championship. And, you know, he was a great athletic person. I always tell him that I should get him that T-shirt that on the back of it, it says, the older I get, the better I was. But, you know, he really was good. And he still got it, for sure. He can still do those three-pointers. But anyhow, you know, we all know that he was athletic and that he's competitive and he liked to win. But, you know, I discovered at a young age, even if I wasn't playing sports, if it, there was some kind of competition, I wanted to win. And when I did win, I was not ever a gracious winner. I'll just tell you the truth. If I went one at a, a game or whatever we might be doing, I like to rub it in your face. I know that's not Christ-like, but hey, you know, we all have, we all have our things. So anytime I would win, I would shout, I would dance, like, woo-hoo-hoo, I'm the victor, and all of that stuff. And because I just, there was something on me, in the inside of me. Hmm. I was created to win. Well, we ought to feel that way about the things of God. The devil throws a test or a trial your way. We don't sit down and cry and get down and, oh my, why is this happening to me? We just say, oh, another opportunity to use my faith. Woo! Another opportunity to be an overcomer. Another opportunity to win according to the word of God. That's what is on the inside of us. That's who we were created to be. Created to win. Well, you know what? A shout is a good response when you win. And sometimes you got to shout before you even win in the natural. But we shout ahead of time because Jesus has already won for us. The battle is over. The victory has been won. The enemy, we know he's going to still try to come and steal and kill and destroy. But we have to realize he, in, by what Jesus has done, has already been defeated. What we have to do is enforce his defeat. And don't let him rob what Jesus has done for us. What does the Bible say when we fall into diverse temptations over in James 1? What are we supposed to do? Quit? Cry? Count it all joy? you got to be kidding me. No, we count it all joy because we know the outcome. And the outcome according to the word of God is I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. T.D. Jake said this. If we don't rejoice in the face of a trial, the devil will think he's winning. And he's not. In case you didn't know, he is not. You know, the devil does not know everything. And many times his traps, his snares, his attack against us are based on our past reaction. So he'll throw something in our way and he'll, you know, he'll maybe just call somebody to cut you off on the freeway and here you lost it. Oh, he's, mm-hmm, let's make note of that. All I have to do is send a crazy driver on 880 and they're going to lose their temper. 
they're going to lose their victory. So he makes note. He doesn't know everything about you, but he knows if he sent something that just kicked you off or just pushed your button before, then he makes note of that. I'm going to try that again. But if when he starts throwing these things at you and setting up these traps and these snares and you just go, ha, 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 woo, praise the Lord. Isn't he good? Thank God for the victory. Then he's like, okay, come on, little demons. We got to regroup. That didn't work. That's what we want him to do. We don't want it to work. Amen. So we're going to shout the victory even in the face of seeming defeat. Listen to these definitions of shout. I like it. A sudden outcry or uproar. We had a little uproar in here tonight. How about we do it again? Woo! (laughs) And listen to this one. A loud cry or call. A loud cry or call. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to come back with a shout. He's going to call his children home. Your dad, Sabrina, sings that song so good at the midnight cry. We're going to be going home. We're going to hear a call from our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, the Bible doesn't say he's just going to quietly Sneak. No, it said he's going to shout. And those that are dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet him in the air. That's a call. That's a shout. I'm looking forward to. How about you? Hallelujah. But I do know tonight, you know, we were shouting and you guys are great participators. But I know everybody's temperament and personality is different. Even sometimes people's voice capacity is different. Some people just talk real soft by nature. But then there are people like me (laughs) that were just born loud. I never asked my mom, but I'm sure when I came into this world, they heard me cry several rooms down the hallway in the hospital. I just was born loud. And then I grew up on a farm and we had 160 acres to scream at the cows and all of the animals. So it's just my nature to be loud. But I know not everybody is that same temperament, but we should all yield to rejoicing. We should all not be afraid to just lift our voice and to lift our hands and to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't think there's such a thing as a, as a soundless shout. Can you shout quietly? No, you can look like you're shouting, but that's not a shout. Just like I don't think there's such a thing as a silent praise in my heart. People will say, well, I'm not the expressive type. You know what? What's on the inside is going to show up on the outside in some form. Maybe you, you, maybe all you can do is lift your hands and say, praise the Lord. Well, that's a praise coming out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to preach. <laughs> our mouth is going to speak. Look what the Lord had done. When we think about the Lord, when we think about his goodness, what's it make you want to do? It makes me want to shout, shout, shout. Anybody else feel that way? So anyhow, 
I've started looking at different shouts in the Bible, times when people shouted. So we're going to look at four different shouts tonight. Number one, shout of joy, shout of triumph, shout of praise, and shout of victory. So the first one, shout of joy. Let's look over in Psalms chapter 95, verse 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us do what? Read that with me. Let us shout, how? Joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout how? Joyfully to him with Psalms. So who are we shouting unto? We're shouting unto the Lord God of our salvation. The rock of our salvation. Has Jesus saved you? Has Jesus delivered you? Has he set you free? Has he healed your body? Well, then I think he deserves a shout of joy. How about woo-hoo-hoo? Woo-hoo-hoo. I think that's a happy shout. <laughs> Shout joyfully unto the rock of your salvation. And then, you know, when we come into his presence by just worshiping him, the Bible tells us over in Psalm 1611 that in his presence, what is there? There's joy. There's joy when we come into his presence. I heard someone say, and I couldn't agree more, you can't get a sad Holy Ghost. There's no such thing as a sad Holy Ghost. And there's no such thing as coming into the presence of God and just opening up your heart, worshiping him, praising him, and then leaving and saying, oh, that was a waste of time. I feel so much worse. I wished I'd never hung out with God. What a bummer. No way. We hang out with him. We get in his presence. Guess what? We're going to come away shouting joyfully unto the God of our salvation. Amen. And then again in Psalms, Psalms 5, verse 11 and 12, this passage out of the Amplified. But let all those who take refuge and put their trust in you do what? Rejoice. Let them ever. Now know that, notice that word ever. Shout and sing for joy because you make a covering over them. You defend them. Let all those who love your name be joyful and in high spirits. I like that. You rejoice. You hang out with God. You're going to get high glory to God. You're going to leave in high spirits without having to smoke anything. Glory to God. He is the most high, you know. He's the most high God. You're feeling kind of low. Go hang out with the most high God and get on a Holy Ghost high. Hallelujah. I've been there, done that, and I highly recommend it. Nothing like it. And then verse 12. 
for you, O Lord, will bless the uncompromising righteous, him who is upright and in right standing with you. As with a shield, you will surround him with goodwill and pleasure and favor. Praise the Lord. Anybody can rejoice. Can you rejoice over that? Well, if you trust him and you believe that he's leading you in paths of plenty, goodness, mercy, health, and surrounding you with favor. Now, in verse 11, you know, it said, let us ever shout for joy. That does not sound to me like occasionally. Shout for joy when things Look good. Shout for joy when all the bills are paid. How about shout for joy when the kids are behaving and cleaning up their rooms and doing the homework? Woo, boy, I I felt something there. Then we're going to (laughs) shout. Or how about this one? Shout for joy when, you know, you step on the scale and it's moving down. Woo, it's better than moving up. I heard somebody say this week at Camp Mini, and I just thought it was awesome. That's for a lot of Christians, the only exercise that we are experts in is the forklift. <laughs> Anybody get it? The forklift. Lots of Christians are experts at the forklift. Yeah. So you know what? If that's all we're doing is lifting the fork, the forklift. The scale's not going to move downward by itself. But no, I didn't call any names. So, you know, the title of this message is Don't Lose Your Shout. So don't lose your shout. (laughs) Moving right along. But it says we are to ever shout for joy, not just occasionally. And it said we can shout because he has this covering over us. We're abiding in the shadow of the Most High. Aren't you glad to know that we are protected? We are the safest of the saved. He's surrounding us with his favor. It also said, shout joyfully because he is our defense. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where maybe you needed a defense attorney? But thank God we've got the best defense attorney ever known to mankind. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's working on your case 24 seven. Hallelujah. He always causes us to win. Therefore we can shout with the voice of joy and triumph. So let's look at the shout of triumph now. Psalms 47. You know, a lot of these shouts are found in the Book of Psalms, because David was a praiser. David knew how to worship his God, even in the face of opposition. He praised the Lord. And that's wonderful. Psalms 47, 1 in the Amplified, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Read that part with me. Do what? Shout to God with the voice of what? Triumph. And songs of joy. This kind of shout is not based on what's going on around you. This is a shout that originates in your spirit. It's not an angry shout. It's a faith-filled shout. 
It's a shout that says he always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. I am not going under. I'm going over. I'm shouting because I know I'm coming out of this situation. I know I'm the winner. Now, I grew up in a good, good Pentecostal church. But sometimes on Sunday nights, particularly, we'd have wild Holy Ghost meetings. And, you know, I like wild Holy Ghost meetings. But sometimes a preacher didn't even preach. And we'd leave church. We'd be all sweaty and, you know, just have to go home and take a shower. And we'd say, whoa, that was the best service I've ever been in. The preacher didn't even get to preach. That was so good, you know, and those times are great. They're good. But the problem with just shouting is if that's all you ever do in church, then on Monday morning, you're going to lose your shout. You're going to forget what was I shouting about? Oh, man, now I got to go to work and I don't feel like shouting. But when you come to a church like this, where you get the word. We believe it. We know the Bible says the word and the spirit agree. You got to have the word. And when you get the word, then you know what you're shouting about. Hallelujah. And you're not going to lose your shout in the morning. Cause even if you still don't feel like shouting, you're going to say, but my God, my God is worthy of my praise. My God deserves all of the honor and I'm going to count it all joy. And I'm going to bless his holy name regardless. That's what the knowledge of the word will do for you. Isn't it good to have both? We got the word. We got the spirit. We know what we are shouting about. Hallelujah. We are fully persuaded that God is intervening and he's turning any tragedy in to triumph. How about we shout one more time? Woo! Thank you, Lord. We're shouting for the victory. Thank you, Lord. You are turning situations around right now. You are setting people free through the word of God and through the anointing. And we just give you praise for it. Well, y'all know this account where a tragedy was turned into a triumph. Have you ever heard of Paul and Silas? Paul and Silas. This is a shout of praise. Number three, shout of praise. Well, the account of their story is found in Acts chapter 16. We won't turn over there right now just yet. But we know that Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. They were directed by the Holy Ghost. If you'll read this whole account, the Holy Ghost directed them. They were going to go somewhere else. But he said, no, you go to Macedonia. So when they got to Macedonia, they started preaching the gospel. And this demon-possessed girl started following them around. And you can just imagine she was possessed of the devil. So what kind of voice she would have been screaming in? These are the most servants of the most high. I'm sure it was real squeal, pitchy and squilly. You know what I mean? Because the devil, the devil doesn't, he, he's not smart. He's not. Can you imagine? Servants of the most high and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm sure it was irritating. And this happened 
for a few days. The devil knew who they were. He knew they were servants of the Most High. But you know what? The Holy Ghost on the inside of them also knew that the devil was in her. And when that unction came, they had to wait for that unction. And when that unction came, they cast the devil out of her. Amen. She was delivered. You'd think everybody in the city would be happy, but his, her masters were not happy because they used that devil in her to tell people's fortune and all this witchy stuff to gain money. So they got mad. They stirred up trouble. They got them thrown in to prison. Now, why did you see the background of this? Because Paul and Silas were smack dab in the perfect will of God. They weren't doing something they shouldn't have been doing. They weren't out boogie-wooging at a bar at night. No, they were in the perfect will of God. And the devil showed up, stirred up this stuff, and then had them arrested. So sometimes in our lives, we want to sit down and go, why is this happening? What did I do? Many times it's not anything that you did. It's just an attack of the enemy that's coming to steal the word out of your heart and to steal the joy out of your life. So don't sit and wonder if nothing comes up in your heart. Don't, you know, go for 25 hours of counseling and self searching of why did this happen? Just know if nothing comes up, it's just an outright attack of the devil. Take authority over it. Amen. So anyhow, let's see what happened to them. Now we'll look at Acts 16 verse 25. And at Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. We're talking about a shout of praise. This doesn't say necessarily that they were shouting, but they were singing, praying, and praising loud enough that the prisoners all around them heard it. So this couldn't have been a silent praise in their heart. They were shouting a praise unto God. And all of the people around them heard it. They might have been singing that old song, Jesus Breaks Every Fetter. <laughs> Wasn't written yet, but you know, hey, who knows? They could have been singing it. Or they could have been singing the anointing, destroys every yoke. Or they could have been singing what we were singing and today. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. They weren't singing a sad, sorry song. They weren't singing, you know, like some old country song of, oh, man, what happened here? Silas, I know this is your fault and my back hurts and, oh, you know, all this stuff. No, they were singing praises unto God. 
because they knew he was going to intervene. They didn't know how, but they knew who. Hallelujah. And that's what happens in life sometimes. We don't know the how that this is going to turn around or work out. But aren't you glad we know the who? I know in whom I have believed. I'm fully persuaded. Hallelujah. He's going to keep this promise. He's going to keep his word to me. Amen. So the Bible does say that this happened at midnight, literally the midnight hour on the clock. And midnight is the darkest time of the night. It's symbolic of the darkest time in your life. Have you ever faced a a difficult situation where it seemed like it was really dark? But have you ever thought of this? Morning is only one second after midnight. The darkest time of the night. One second, one minute, 12.01 changes to a.m. The morning, hallelujah. What does the Bible say? It says that joy comes in the morning. So if you're in a midnight situation, you ought to just stop and say, wait a second, wait a second. I can wait a second because in one second, it's going to be morning. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have my breakthrough and joy is coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? We've already been talking about victory, but let's look at this one. Number four. Shout of victory. There's another Bible story that I want to just look at tonight. And you know, these are not fiction stories. These are real life people. These happened to them. Paul and Silas has happened to them. This story about the city of Jericho, it happened to Joshua and the children of Israel. We know, we'll look at some of the verses in Joshua chapter 6, but the children of Israel had crossed over the Jordan River and they were possessing their promised land. Anybody got any promises from God? Anybody have some things that you've hidden in your heart? The Lord's told you that they're going to come to pass. Well, you just hold on to those things. Hallelujah. The Bible is true. His promises are true. Possess your possessions. Take hold of what belongs to you in Christ Jesus. So here they are. They're going into the promised land and they come upon Jericho. The Bible says that Jericho was a great walled city. It wasn't walled with some little cute little flimsy picket fence. No, it says this wall was so big, so high, so wide, so strong. They did chariot races on it. This was a mega wall staring at them when they came up to Jericho. So Joshua did what we should do. You know what he did? He inquired of the Lord and the Lord gave him the instructions on how to take this city. The Lord gave Joshua the instructions on how to fall a wall. If you're facing a wall in your life, I encourage you, seek the Lord. 
He knows exactly how to fall that wall in your life. So when he sought the Lord, the Lord said, now this is what you're supposed to do. You tell the people that for six days, we're going to march around that wall one time. They're not to say anything. They're not to play any instruments. They're to be silent as they march around that wall. I'm sure that part of him telling them not to talk was so they wouldn't talk about how tall, how big the wall was. Can you imagine they're marching around that wall? And one of the guys looking over and saying, Whew, Jose, was that a chariot that just went running by up there? Yeah, dude, that wall is huge. No, they would have been talking doubt and unbelief. So he said, don't say anything. You'll never find any scripture in the Bible that says talk about the wall or talk about how big the mountain is. But you will find verses that say talk to the mountain, not about it, but talk to it. Faith filled words. Speak that to those mountains. Speak faith to those walls staring you in the face. So God gave them the plan. And let's see what that plan was. Joshua chapter 6 verse 15. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day. And they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. But on that day, only they marched around the city seven times. Verse 16. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people. Read that part with me. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. Let's read that again. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. Read it again. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. I read that sometimes and I think about the Bay Area and I think about the mighty harvest that there is here. Right now I'm watching cars drive by on Hesperian. Those are our harvest. Those people driving by is part of the harvest that we're praying for. Part of the people People, the fruit of our labors. And when I read this scripture, it goes off on the inside of me. I'm going to shout for the Lord has given us the city. The Lord has given us the Bay Area. We're not the only church, but we are one of the churches that's preaching the word, that's praying, that's believing. Hallelujah. If you've got some things in your life, if you've got some family members that are not born again, you ought to just say, I'm going to shout for the Lord has given me my family. I'm going to shout because every one of them are coming into the kingdom of God. My seed is blessed. Hallelujah. My relatives will serve the Lord. That's a good verse, isn't it? To stand on. Shout for the Lord 
has given you the city. And notice that they had to shout before the wall came down. God didn't knock the wall down and then they went, woohoo, we got the victory now. No, they had to by faith obey the instructions and the direction of the Lord. They had to shout with the voice of triumph. They had to shout with victory while they were standing there looking at this gigantic wall. But as soon as they did what God told them to do, what happened? The wall came down. They had one word from God, from what Joshua told them. And that word was shout when I tell you to shout because I've given you the city. Only one word that they had. But you and I, we've got the Bible. We've gotten the written word of God. We've got 66 books here with the promises of God. You think if they could shout over one word, how about we could shout over the written word that we're holding in our lap or we're holding on our iPhone or our iPad. Shout for the Lord hath given you the city. Hallelujah. Woo. That's a good shout. That's a shout of victory. Faith shouts the victory while the wall is oftentimes still staring us in the face. But there is no wall. There is no barrier. There's no disease. There's no financial lack. That is a match for the power of God. That's released through a shout of faith. We're not shouting just to make noise, but we are shouting according to the word of God. We're shouting joyfully. We're shouting with praise. We're shouting triumphantly. We're shouting because we know we got the victory in him. Amen. So this is the rest of the story in this account. Joshua 6 verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened. Everybody say, it happened. It happened just like God said it would happen. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with what kind of a shout? Woo! That could be another shout right there. Great shout. That the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. And they took the city. If you read on in this passage of scripture, the Bible tells us, you know, they weren't supposed to take livestock. They weren't supposed to take clothing and all of this stuff. But the Bible does say, you go ahead, you take the brass, you take the gold, you take the silver, you dedicate it unto me. God not only gave them the city, but he gave them provision. Hallelujah. And he'll do the same thing in your life. Glory be to God. Isn't that good? So the rest of the story is they did, he did, and the walls came down and they took the city. Have you got any walls that need to come down? Have you got anything that you need to Take back that the devil's tried to take from you. 
Well, we're going to give you the opportunity tonight to shout because there is power in the shout. But I want to read you something by John Wesley as we're fixing to close here tonight. We're going to close early because remember, we're going to shout and we're going to take up a glorious, victorious offering too. Amen. We can dance. We can shout. We can run however you want to express your happiness. So John Wesley, anybody ever heard of him? John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist denomination. But you know, the Methodists, they were birthed in the fire of God. They've gotten away from their roots and their foundation. But hey, let's pray for a revival in the Methodist church. So John Wesley said this. Concerning Christians, you need to learn to shout. And then he says when we're supposed to shout. You shout to testify of your faith in God's promises. Then he said this. You shout... In thankfulness for his glorious mercy. Anybody thankful for the mercy of the Lord? Have you ever just shouted and said, Whoa, thank you, Lord, for showing me mercy in that situation. I deserve judgment, but you were merciful. That's a reason to shout. And then he goes on. Number three, you shout to encourage yourself and your brethren. Sometimes when you are shouting and getting happy, somebody might be around you that they've lost their shout. And just by virtue of the fact that you're shouting, you're not only encouraging yourself, but it starts encouraging them. Hey, I'm going to get my praise on here. Woo! And then listen to this one. I like this one. You shout to strike terror in the heart of your enemies. That's good stuff right there. Thank you, John Wesley. I'm going to read that again. You shout to testify of your faith in God's promises. You shout in thankfulness for his glorious mercy. You shout to encourage yourself and your brethren. And you shout to strike terror in the heart of your enemy. What has the enemy been lying to you about? What are you facing? Lack? Mental torment? Sickness? Problems in a relationship? All of these things are attacks of the devil. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get him with this one. I'm going to take him out with that. I'm going to take him out with that. I'm going to discourage him with that. But when you go, whoo, God, you are more than enough. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. You are my healer. I'm going to live long and I'm going to finish strong. That strikes terror in the heart of our enemy because he knows his plots and his plans are not working. Hallelujah. I'd like to terrorize him a little bit tonight. How about you? And then I like this one. You shout to encourage yourself and your brethren. Tonight, we can help one another by shouting with people. You might say, well, you know, I'm not facing anything right now. I don't need to shout. Well, stop just thinking about yourself. He says we shout to encourage our brethren. 
you know what? It's not all the time that I feel like praying in tongues. Anybody else ever woke up and you don't feel like praying in tongues, but you do it by faith. It's not, you know, I'm known uh, as the joy lady from Hayward, but it is not every day that I get up and go, ha, 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 ha. And pastor's glad. Anyhow. We pray in tongues by faith. We praise by faith. We laugh by faith. So why can't we shout by faith? We can shout by faith for God has given us a city. We can shout by faith because those walls and those barriers and those hindrances, according to the word of God, are being eliminated. They're being just what is the word? Destroyed. They're coming down in the name of Jesus. Remember that some of you that do laundry, I realize some of you in here probably have never done a load of laundry. But for those of you that have, if you get a stain on it, I am not calling names. If you get a stain on it, have you ever heard of this thing called shout? You put this shout on this thing. Maybe you've never done it, but you've seen the commercial. (laughs) So you take this shout and you rub it on the stain. Are you talking to me? You take this shout. We'll go over here. I know Michelle does her own laundry. So Michelle, have you ever had a stain on any clothes? Yes. So you take this shout and you rub it on there and it's supposed to get the stain out. And there used to be a commercial. I don't think it's still around anymore, but what did they call it? Shout it out. Shout it out. Shout the stain out. So you might have some things that have been bothering you. Some things that have been trying to attach themselves to you. You know what? You can shout it out and you can shout it off. In the name of Jesus. So listen, let's all stand right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Stay in the spirit now. Stay in the spirit. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. You know, the word does speak for itself. But the the word, the Bible says the signs and signs. Woo, will follow the preaching of the word. So there are some yokes that need to be destroyed in here tonight. There's some walls that need to come down in the name of Jesus. There's some disease that needs to be coming off of bodies right now in Jesus' name. For it is the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. And the anointing is present in this place right now. Lift up your hands. And let's just we give place to the Spirit of God. We thank you for the anointing, our great helper in this place right now, moving in our midst. Oh, the Amashahe, the unction of the Holy Ghost that comes on the scene. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we are all going to shout by faith. But if there's something that you need to shout out tonight, come on down here. We're not going to necessarily lay hands on you, but come on down here. I know there's some people. If it's a sickness, it's a disease, financial lack, problems in your family, problems on your job, whatever it may be. You make your way down here tonight.